It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team, every day, that's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show and all the podcasts that you listen to, you should check out all the ones that we have here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday, typically, we'll have our weekly Friday mailbag. We will not be doing that this week because Friday, I'll be reacting to the Panthers' win against the Houston Texans. Going to go ahead and call my shot. The Panthers are going to start 3-0. and So, in the meantime, I will be answering your mailbag questions now and on Wednesday as well. So if you send in mailbag questions to me by either adding me at Julian Council or DMing me, I will try to get to your listener questions on today's show where I have a couple and on Wednesday's show where I'll have more time. And if you send me in the questions, I will eventually get to them like to answer everybody's question. On today's show, outside of that, the Panthers, 2-0. I think they're going to go 3-0. How soon is too soon to start talking playoffs? Because there are a lot of good vibes going around the Panthers start. And the percentages and history says that you start off 2-0, and you have a very good chance of making the playoffs. We'll get into that and some of the numbers that suggest the Panthers are one of the best, if not the best team in the NFL through two weeks. But we'll go ahead and start off, though, with Matt Rule's day after press conference they conducted on Monday afternoon with the local media following the Panthers 26-7 domination of the division rival New Orleans Saints. And really, at this time, Matt just really, he gives a bunch of updates weekly, just kind of, you know, preparing for the short week against Houston. Thursday night football. Both Thursday night football games have been pretty good so far. The opener between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers that went down to the wire. Last week's game that also came down to a game-winning field goal where former Panthers head coach uh, Rod Rivera was able to get the win there as Washington football team took down the Giants and the Giants to 0-2. The Panthers are facing the Texans this week, and the Texans have some questions at quarterback as Tyrod Taylor was reported to be out for the game on Thursday by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. I brought this up yesterday. That was reported on Sunday. That Rappaport saying that Ty- Tyrod Taylor, according to his sources, would not be starting for the Colts. Sorry, for the Texans. Wrong AFC South team. Adam Schefter then on Monday reported that the pan- that the I'm getting all my teams wrong today, guys. I'm so sorry. Adam Schefter then reported that Deshaun Watson will remain inactive. He's been inactive for the first two weeks of the season as he still wants a trade out of Houston, but he has those 22 lawsuits, which is going to make it very hard for any team to be able to trade for him, even though the Miami Dolphins, a team that was reported to be in the lead, according to Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports a month ago, 
They could use a quarterback potentially to a Tonga Vailoa going down with a rib injury and their loss to Buffalo on Sunday. So Deshaun Watson will remain inactive. Tyrod Taylor is listed as day-to-day after getting an MRI on his left hamstring. In all likelihood, Davis Mills, the rookie out of Stanford, who spent pretty much his entire career with the Cardinal injured, will get the start. He threw an interception in his debut, starting off in the second half of their loss on the road against Cleveland on Sunday. Expect to see him in all likelihood. And if he's not the starter, then it'll be Tyrod Taylor. And honestly, God bless Tyrod Taylor and thoughts and prayers to him if he has a hamstring issue and he cannot move against this Panthers pass rush. The blitzes that Phil Snow has sent, the fact that these guys have been winning, it's going to be tough for Mills or Tyrod, whoever's back there, even if it was Deshaun Watson back there, to be able to handle the pressure that's going to be coming after them uh, in all likelihood on Thursday evening when it's Panthers and Texans meet up in Houston at NRG Stadium, if that's what it's still called down there in Houston. Other updates, Pat Elfline, who went out with a hamstring Injury on Sunday will be out on Thursday, meaning Dennis Daly will get to start once again at left guard, or I guess the second time this season he'll get his starting start at right guard for John Miller, who was out with COVID through for the first game and for 10 days. He came back last week, and honestly, shout out to John Miller. I was very critical of him with his decision not to get vaccinated when there's everyone else on the roster except for whatever unnamed Panther is not, and there's also the likelihood, um, hopefully it's not true, I was reading Football Morning America, that there are players out here who have fake vaccination cards. So the Panthers have reported all these guys are vaccinated. There could be a possibility, hopefully that's not true, that some of the guys that are vaccinated actually aren't. They have the fake vaccine card, which is just wild and ridiculous that people would go to such lengths when it's a free and effective shot. Either way, John Miller was fantastic on Sunday. Matt Rule pointed out he was one of the keys to victory. So I praise him for coming in after missing 10 days, dealing with what seemed to be a pretty serious bout for him, at least one that didn't, have him need to go to the hospital where he said it was pretty bad for him for three to four days, couldn't get out of bed to be able to come back and practice for a few days and have the ability and the stamina to come back and play a full game and be effective and play every single offensive snap on Sunday. Kudos to John Miller for going out there and helping his team win that game on Sunday. So he'll be back at right guard on Thursday after Thursday evening while Dennis Daly will be the starting left guard in place of Pat Elfline. And we'll see moving forward if he keeps that job as Pat Elfline has struggled through the first game and a half of the season so far. And even going back to the preseason where the in- just short yardage situations and at the goal line has been an issue for the interior offensive line. It's something that Matt Rule brought up also on Monday that they have to be better when it comes to those situations. They did not run the football well at all against the Saints front. That is strong. And you wonder later on the season when they face a team like Tampa Bay, will they be able to run the football? Fortunately, the Saints only had 128 yards of offense on Sunday. So it didn't really matter whether Christian McCaffrey was able to break off any runs or Chuba Hubbard when he also had a few carries there for the Panthers on Sunday. Either way, it's something that needs to be cleaned up. The Panthers don't need to be getting to the one-yard line and getting pushed back and having the inability to punch it in at the goal line. It's just ridiculous that that's been an issue. That they're asking Sam Darnold to throw... Slant passes to uh, DJ Moore in that situation instead of trying to run it up the gut. It worked out for a touchdown either way, but still they need to be able to win at the point of attack moving forward if they want to continue to have the success that they've had so far through the first two weeks, starting off 2-0. and Other injury concerns, Etor Grossmatos had his ankle rolled up on on Sunday. Matt Rule's concerned about whether he'll be available on Thursday night. And someone who will finally be available, A.J. Boye. 
after being suspended for the first two games following a six-game suspension that was placed on him last year for breaking the league substance uh, policy in terms of uh, physical PEDs. He's now back, um, and he's been conditioning. Apparently, he should be ready to go. Rule does not know what his conditioning level is and what his role will be on Thursday, but Boye says that he's ready to go. He didn't bring back how a couple of seasons ago when it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, how he missed out on an entire preseason. It was there to play week one for the Jags. So we'll see what his situation will be as Panthers desperately need him at nickel after losing Miles Hartsfield for the next eight to 12 weeks last week, week one against the Jets. And then they've had Justin Burris fill in there. We've also seen Sean Chandler and Corn Elder was put on the roster, at least on the practice squad, to potentially fill that role for A.J. Boye. So Boye will be back in the lineup on Thursday. We'll see where he factors in against the Texans. And one final thing, the kicking game, as we know, has been pretty bad for the Panthers so far this season. Santos are no longer here. Zane Gonzalez now in for the Panthers. Had one kick blocked. Matt Rule once again said that was just poor protection and he missed a f- extra point, and that was all on Zane Gonzalez. In terms of kickoffs, he's not going to really produce a ton of touchbacks, which might be an issue moving forward throughout the season. But Matt Rule said that they were choosing accuracy on field goal kicking over kind of the leg strength that they used to have here with Joey Sly and I guess Ryan Santoso as well. He again said it was woeful. The Panthers also are among the bottom three teams in a league when it comes to special teams. According to Football Outsiders, there was the punt on Sunday and there was the Deontay Harris return that they had that they gave up a big return there. So that's something that's got to be cleaned up. And speaking of Football Outsiders, they have a lot of positive things to say about the Panthers outside of special teams. It's making you wonder, could the Carolina Panthers be a playoff team after a 2-0 start. We'll get into all of that here on Locked on Panthers in just a moment. We're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves they'll make them count see guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees experts only available with TurboTax live (laughs) 
Following the Panthers' win against the Saints on Sunday, I was watching Titan Seahawks on NFL Sunday Ticket, trying to check out what uh, my former team, I guess, well, not my former team. You know, I used to live in Nashville, used to cover the Titans. So I was trying to see what they were up to as they were up in the Pacific Northwest in beautiful Seattle, Washington, trying to try to check out that game as Titans were trying to avoid an 0-2 start, which they did. I saw in the broadcast as they were talking about the Titans trying to avoid that 0-2 start and just the percentages of teams who start off 0-2 and 1-1 and 2-0 and and in terms of, you know, their chance of going to the playoffs. And since 1990, according to that broadcast on CBS, teams that start 2-0 have gone to the playoffs 62.7% of the time, which makes you think the Panthers, at least statistically and historically, are in pretty good shape to make the playoffs. In the last couple of seasons, the Panthers have been 0-2, and they have not made the playoffs. And relevant, Joe Person put this out here, that the Panthers, Joe Person of The Athletic, who's been on the pod, he pointed out that the Panthers have started off 2-0 seven times. And they've made the playoffs in six of those seven years. 2002 was the lone exception. You got to feel pretty good about what you've seen so far. And we can get into the whole, yeah, they played the Jets. That was an expected win. And the game on Sunday against the Saints, Saints were missing players, yada, yada, yada. The Panthers are 2-0. It does not matter. 2-0 is 2-0. There are certainly reasons why they've been able to, I guess, coast to a win because the defense has been suffocating. It's a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson and a quarterback in Jameis Winston who looked awesome week one but then reverted at least for one week back to the same guy that we had seen back when he was in Tampa. And the guy who struggled pretty much the last four times he started against the Panthers. Remember, last time he played the Panthers was in London, where he threw five interceptions and was sacked, I believe, seven times, which is a thorough domination of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that game. And Winston struggled again on Sunday, facing the pressure and just throwing the ball up for grabs, throwing two interceptions as the Panthers sacked him four times again on Sunday. But there's got to be a lot of positive momentum for the Panthers to potentially be a playoff team. And I wonder... How soon is too soon to start talking about this? Y'all know my preseason prediction was for this team to go 8-9. and nine, And I kind of wish I could have chose 9-8 and eight instead. Uh, either way, I did believe going to the year that they had an excellent chance to be 3-0. and And I picked them to beat the Saints last week. Didn't feel great about it because I was just like, oh, there's just too many positive things in terms of like the Panthers should win this game with the relocation of the Saints because of the hurricane and the Saints having a big win and then having to deal with the COVID stuff. It just felt like, man, there's just too many positive things that point towards the Panthers' victory. Well, the Panthers got the victory. I still chose them to win, even though I wasn't that confident about it. And they went out there and slapped the Saints around on Sunday, getting a big-time divisional win and a big-time win to start off the season. Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz, works for them, does a fantastic job. They announced on Monday that the Panthers are ranked first in DVOA, which means DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average, measures a team's efficiency by comparing success on every play to league, every single play to a league average based on situation and opponent. So out of all the teams in the NFL, all 32 teams, the number one team in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders, Advanced Analytics, DVOA, are the Carolina Panthers, who are ranked ahead of the Rams, who have looked awesome, who are also 2-0. The Bucks, who have looked fantastic, who are also 2-0. The Broncos, led by Teddy Bridgewater, who are also 2-0. The Cardinals are 2-0 as well. The Niners, 2-0. Seahawks, 1-1. And the Cleveland Browns, 1-1. So the Panthers 
are ranked ahead of a team that people think can be a Super Bowl team in the Rams, the Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champions, uh, the Niners, who were a Super Bowl a couple years ago, Seahawks, who will be a, I don't think they're going to be a Trinity Super Bowl pick, but there'll be a team that will certainly contend in the NFC West, and the Browns, who I've seen a decent amount of people think will represent the AFC and the Super Bowl, whether that's true or not. I do not see the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost on Sunday evening to the Baltimore Ravens up here. The Panthers, according to Football Outsider, are the best team in the NFL right now. Now, one thing that should be noted when they do this whole formula, opponent adjustments are not yet included this early on in the season, which is fine. They have another kind of, uh, they have another one of their advanced analytic things called Dave. Dave is not a guy. Dave apparently is uh, another one of their things, which means DVO adjusted, DVOA adjusted for volatility early. It's used early in the year with the goal of getting the best idea of how good a team will be over the entire season without jumping to conclusions based on one or two good or bad early games. The Panthers are one of those teams that are on the rise. The Panthers are currently 18th. The top 10 in Dave are the Bucks, Chiefs, Rams, Ravens, Seahawks, Bills, Niners, Packers, Broncos, Patriots. So for the most part, the teams that were expected to be good and have got off to either 2-0 starts or 1-1 starts. They're the ones who are still up there. Well, the Panthers, who weren't expected to be very good, have started to climb up there. So that might be a better representation. I don't know. All I know is the Panthers have been fantastic through the first two two weeks of the season, and everyone in Charlotte and throughout the Carolinas should be fired up about what they've seen from this team, particularly the defense. There's certainly a lot left to be desired, special teams-wise, when it comes to the kicking game. Offensively, you could even say that, as good as Chris McCaffrey's looked so far, and how good as good as Sam Donald's looked. This offense largely disappeared week one against the Jets outside the second quarter. They weren't great at all. They were fantastic throughout the game yesterday or on Sunday um, against the Saints, and then they pretty much disappeared from there. They need to be better consistently. They've yet to play a complete game, and yet the Panthers have not even been threatened by their opponent, whether it's been the Jets or the Saints, in terms of this game being in doubt going into the second half of the game or going into the fourth quarter of the game. So, I'm very happy about what I've seen so far. You want to clean things up. Matt Rule said it. Sam Darnold said it. Everyone who's spoken to the media on that Panthers uh, team has said it. But they look damn good so far. And historically, the Panthers, when it comes down to DVOA, have never been number one or number two until this week. In 96, the Panthers, their second year, where they went to the NFC Championship game and lost to the Green Bay Packers. They were number three. That's how high they got. 2015, 15-1 regular season. With the Super Bowl loss to the Denver Broncos, they peaked at number four. So the Carolina Panthers, through two weeks, according to Football Outsiders, are better than they've ever been in the entire organization's history. There's certainly plenty of games left to be played, as we know. 15 games left to go in the season, but a 2-0 start has to make you feel pretty good about them. And also another positive sign for Football Outsiders, um, since 2005 to 2020, 19 different teams had DVOAs of 40% or more after two weeks following a season where they were in the bottom half of the league. 13 of those 19 teams made the playoffs and none of them finished lower than seven and nine. So it makes you feel even good, even better about the Panthers' potential. And I, I like what I see from this team so far. I think it might be a touch too early to start talking about playoffs. Because as I've said before the I thought they could start off 3-0 because you're playing the Jets you got the Texans who I need to check out their game against the Browns 
haven't gotten to look at it, at least the first half, but even the second half, since Davis Mills is likely to be the starter for them, I haven't gotten to check that out. I had pieces of, pieces of it on yesterday when I was looking at some games while watching the Panthers game. So I'll, I have to look at into it more. But the Texans seem to be a little bit better than what a lot of us thought they were going to be with the blowout win of Jacksonville. And then they were very competitive in the first half against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. But either way, like I thought 3-0 was certainly a possibility. And it's going to look like a reality based on what happens, of course, on Thursday night. Now, the Panthers are going to start playing better quarterbacks. That's the thing. Playing Zach Wilson his first game, he threw four picks on Sunday. Uh, three of them were definitely his fault. The second one to Corey Davis, which went right through Corey Davis's hands. It was on the receiver, but three pretty egregious picks. And you can't really blame the Jets for that. You can't blame the offensive line. He had plenty of time on all three of those throws. He just overshot it and was just terrible throughout the game. They did ask him if he was seeing ghosts. He said he was not seeing ghosts. He had a little chuckle there, too. But Zach Wilson was not good for the Jets. And being a rookie who turned the football over, he showed some signs. Looked to be, you know, fairly confident in that pocket when he had time. And even when he didn't have time, still, the Panthers had to win that game, make his day hell, which they did. Then Jameis Winston, we saw the same Jameis that we had seen the last couple of seasons when he was back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you're going to get another rookie quarterback on Thursday evening, there's no reason the Panthers should not win that game again. Now, the weeks to come, you'll see better quarterbacks. Dak Prescott will be one of the best quarterbacks the Panthers face all season long. Um, Dallas getting that big-time win on the road against the Chargers, even though at SoFi Stadium, a Chargers home game is never going to be a home game. There's a ton of Dallas fans there as they won that game with a Greg Zerline field goal. Jalen Hurts has looked pretty good so far to start out the season against both San Francisco and Atlanta. He's going to be better than what they've seen the first couple weeks. Kirk Cousins, say what you will about Kirk Cousins. He's been a pretty solid starter throughout his career in the NFL. The Vikings bounced back at least offensively on Sunday in that heartbreaking loss as their kicker missed a field goal that would have won the game in Arizona. Daniel Jones looked pretty good Thursday night. He has fumble issues that reoccurred week one against the Broncos, but Daniel Jones is certainly a step up in competition. Matt Ryan, I know y'all think he's overrated. The man's been an MVP in this league. He had turnovers on Sunday through a pick six, had some Matt Schaub rubbing off on him in that loss on the road to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But either way, the Panthers' defense can feast off of another young, inexperienced quarterback on Thursday, likely at the 3-0. But after that, we're going to start seeing some of these games where I pointed out if you can stack up wins in the first half of the season, the second half of the season gets a lot tougher. But you're going to start playing some teams that actually have quarterbacks with a pulse and likely defenses with a pulse. Now the Dallas Cowboys defense, that's question mark there, although they did play fairly well, keeping uh, the Chargers only 17 points and Justin Herbert in that offense kind of at bay on Sunday. We'll see how things go. The Eagles have a fantastic defensive line, although they lost Brandon Graham, their emotional leader, and one of their better players for the season due to a torn Achilles. Vikings trying to bounce back. Mike Zimmer loves defense. Giants, their offensive line is pretty bad, so you should be able to get after Daniel Jones, and the Falcons are just a mess. Either way, a great opportunity to stack up wins in the first half of the season. They're going to start playing some better quarterbacks after this week. Whether it's, I don't think Tyrod's going to play, We'll get to find out a little bit more about this team. But 3-0 is certainly on the table, and I'm, I can only imagine that if you start off 3-0 that the percentages of making the playoffs go up even more. I've always thought that you got got to win more games, try and get 6-2 and two in the first half of the season, then the final nine games of the year when you start playing Tampa Bay and Buffalo and you get New Orleans again on the road, you got Miami on the road, you got Arizona on the road. That's when you'll really figure out whether the Carolina Panthers can truly be a team that can make the playoffs here in 21-21. Either way, Fantastic start. Every single one of y'all should be excited about what we'll be seeing about with the Carolina Panthers, particularly on the offense through the first two weeks. Just saying, maybe, maybe we'll just take a quick pause 
on saying whether the playoffs are a certainty right now. I don't think anyone's saying that. Let's also recognize that it's a long, long, long way to go here with 15 more games left in the season for the Carolina Panthers. All right, quick pause. I'm going to answer some of your mailbag questions as there's no Friday mailbag this week. Go ahead and send your questions at Julian Council, either adding me or DMing me, and I'll try and answer your questions on Wednesday's show leading up to the Thursday night football game against the Houston Texans. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I'm talking about your smartphone. Save the time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well... I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Contents vary by package. It's not Friday, but you guys have sent me questions in the weekly mailbag. And the mailbag will be closed for Friday since I'll be reacting to the Panthers again what I believe will be a win against Houston Texans following the Thursday night football game there in Houston, the first road game of the season for the Panthers here in 2021. So since there won't be a mailbag, maybe I'll do one on Monday, but probably not. I'm going to go ahead and answer your mailbag questions now. And if you send in questions to me at Julian Council, either DMing me or adding me, but don't get crazy, I will answer your questions coming up on Wednesday's show for anyone who wants to get those in ahead of the game against the Texans. We'll have a crossover episode with, I believe, Cody Davis is our Texans host um, for Thursday. So leading up to the game, we'll have that preview, that crossover episode, which we do weekly here on the podcast with the Panthers opponent that week and the guy who hosts their podcast here for the Locked On Network, or gal. We do have uh, we have women doing fantastic jobs, like uh, Patricia Trana, who uh, hosts the Locked On Giants pod- uh, podcast for the New York Giants. We'll talk to Patricia later on this season. Going on with your mailbag questions, though, Tanner. Had a question. This has been a, a common question and also a reason why people are saying, oh, what the Panthers did on Sunday is not big of a deal. Tanner asking, is the Saints player such personnel excuse invalid since almost their entire starting O-line was available and that's where they lost the game? You look, let's just be honest. The, the Saints team that did not play on Sunday, I mean, the Saints team that played on Sunday is not 
indicative, I believe, what the New Orleans Saints truly are because you didn't have, of course, Michael Thomas, Will Lutz, their kicker, David Onyemata, who did not play. You didn't have Eric McCoy. You didn't have Traquan Smith. They didn't have all those coaches. I, yeah, okay. I, I understand that completely, that the Saints and Marshawn Lattimore, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, there were a plethora of important pieces missing for the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. That is unfortunate. That is also the National Football League. Football is a game of attrition throughout the season, just hoping to stay healthy and have the depth available to continue to move forward, which is what the Saints typically have. Now, when you lose that many guys, as we saw last year with the San Francisco 49ers, it's very hard to remain competitive and to go out there week in and week out and compete against teams like the Panthers, who are hungry, they're young, and that are fresh to start off the season and have really no injury issues for the most part unlike the Saints. So it was a perfect storm for the Saints to go out there and to get the doors blown off of them by the Panthers. And that's not even mentioning being really relocated because of Ida and all the other issues that they've had to deal with so far this season. But Sean Payton went out there and said he's not going to make any excuses. Alvin Kamara, who only had five rushing yards, didn't make any excuses. Jameis Winston didn't make any excuses. Whether Eric McCoy played or not, the center for the Saints... They still gave up 10 pressures last week to the Packers. And the way the Panthers were blitzing, I have a hard time believing that it would not have been the same result. Now, defensively, that's probably where they lost the game more so than the Panthers getting pressure on them. Because, yeah, they couldn't move the ball offensively. But defensively, if they would have had C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who apparently was supposed to be shadowing Christian McCaffrey throughout the game, they probably had more success. If Marshawn Lattimore would have been healthier, they probably were able to blanket DJ Moore. And he isn't, D- <laughs> yeah, funny, DJ Moore and Moore. Either way, they were probably able to blanket DJ Moore to the point where he doesn't have eight receptions and a touchdown on Sunday. Because Paulson Adebo had to go out there and start. He was one of the rookies out of Stanford. He gave up nine receptions for 80-something yards, I believe, on Sunday afternoon. That's where the Saints probably lost the game more so than their pass protection. Like the offensive line getting blown up. I don't want to hear much about that because they have a first round pick in Cesar Ruiz who moved over there and played center and he was a disaster yesterday. And yeah, he's not playing his normal position, but still he's capable of playing it. And he played it just fine the week before in the middle of the game where he didn't have time to prepare to be the center. And then uh, was it Calvin Throckmorton who had to play for Ruiz at guard? He came in last week as well. And had more time to prepare than he did last week when he was asked to come into the game against the Packers where the Saints blew the Packers out. So I don't really want to hear anything about the offensive line. Um, Yeah, they missed some guys. If anything, defensively is where the Saints lost that game on Sunday, not having those pieces. Either way, it's a W. The Panthers won. The Saints can complain all that they want. But they had the time to prepare for the game and try and get things figured out. And they came off Bank of America Stadium on Sunday and got their ass kicked. So a W is a W. I don't care what anyone's saying at this point in time. Although I think the Panthers are probably going to face a completely different Saints team once we get to week 17 in the season. Saints will be facing also a completely different Panthers team. But we'll find out later on in December. I think maybe that's in January. Either way, we'll find out later this season. Alex asks, is Matt Rule dumb? Up 19 with under three minutes left and has McCaffrey out there. Why? I don't know. I addressed this on the show um, following the game on Sunday. I am entirely in the camp of Christian McCaffrey getting as many touches that are necessary to win the football game. The touches that he received there when the Panthers were up by 19 with three minutes left to go, like Alex brings up, were not necessary. Give the ball to Royce Freeman. Give the ball to Chuba Hubbard. I'm fine with that. McCaffrey out there when he was cramping earlier, had to go back and miss a couple series because he needed to get an IV. Like, why? 
Why, why even do that? And Christian brought that up on Monday that he has to be, do a better job, you know, taking care of his body to the point where he's not going to be cramping up, especially with a short turnaround. He said that's not the first time that's happened. He also pointed out, well, you guys, I've never, you guys never really knew about the other times. I'm sure there's been other times where he's had to go in the locker room at least during halftime to get an IV. And that might honestly be a regular occurrence, especially early on in the season when it's so hot out here in the South. And there was a question, too, about the running backs. Uh, Woody asked me, where do you stand on utilizing Royce Freeman in the offense? I like Hubbard, but Freeman is a, has stud potential. I mean, I, probably not. He pro- I wouldn't say he has stud potential because if he did, the Denver Broncos would not have released him and kept Melvin Gordon. They wouldn't have drafted Javante Williams out of North Carolina. I, that being said, Royce Freeman can certainly be a solid backup option for the Panthers, but Matt Rule said a couple, last week that he's got to get him up to speed, and right now he's not. Where does he stand? Where do I stand on utilizing him? Utilize him in a situation like I was just talking about. When the game's already in hand, put him out there. When the game is not in hand, I don't need to see him on the field over Christian McCaffrey. Like McCaffrey needs to play every snap necessary for the team to win the football game. And when he's when the game is in hand, then fine. We can see Royce Freeman instead of Chuba Hubbard. The Panthers also put draft capital on spent draft capital on Chuba Hubbard, and he's likely to be on the roster moving forward here for the next couple seasons. Royce Freeman unlikely to be on a roster moving forward past this season. So I'm not really all that gung-ho about playing him at all, but he can play if we need him. But Chris McCaffrey should be getting as many snaps as possible, again, as necessary for the Carolina Panthers at the running back position. Final question comes from Louise. She says, hey, Julian, hope you're well. I am. Thank you, Louise. Hope you're well as well. Uh, Ben, enjoying the pods that you took over. I'll get this one in early. The offense has struggled to... Uh, struggled a bit, excuse me, in the second half of both games. Is it the opposition making adjustments? Is it Brady's play calling not good enough? Or are we just letting our foot off the gas? I don't know if they're letting their foot off the gas. I, I don't think Matt Rule's really going to allow these guys to kind of get complacent mid-game. Now, being up 17 nothing against the Saints and, defe- and the defense being as aggressive and as dominant as they were, I can't imagine they got like that. And la- the week prior, where they were up by 16 against the Jets, I mean, I never thought the Jets were going to come back and score enough points to beat the Panthers. I know they probably had that thought, thought in their mind as well. I don't think they're letting their foot off the gas, that being said. Um, it's got to be adjustments that the defenses are making. The Jets started sending more pressure. Matt Rule brought up that the Saints started spending more pressure, and that got to Sam Darnold. And you're looking at Sam Darnold's first half and second half splits so far this season. They're not really all that great. I think it was pro football focus, who does a breakdown every week of the game. They actually have pointed out just what Sam Darnold has looked like so far this season, or at least maybe it was week one, or I guess the game on Sunday, what he's looked like so far in the second half versus the first half. And trying to find those numbers right now. Well, the numbers at least passing by half on Sunday for Darnold were 16 of 20 in the first half, 216 yards, 10.8 yards per attempt. Average depth of target was 6.7. Average time to throw was 3.11 seconds. While in the second half, he was 10 of 17 for 88 yards. Yards per attempt were 5.2. Average depth of target was 8.7. So actually threw the ball further down the field in the second half. While average time to throw went down from 3.11 to 2.67. They're just sending more pressure. Joe Brady has to do a better job of trying to find a way to... I mean, he got the ball quicker out of his hands. I, I Maybe. I don't know. For Sam Darnold on Sunday. It's, it's a complicated question. I'm trying to figure out what the answer is. I don't think Matt Rule's really given us much of a great answer. I'm sure Joe Brady will speak to the media probably on Wednesday ahead of the game against Houston. Maybe. I don't know since they're going to be traveling that day. That's an answer. That's a question that needs to be asked Joe Brady because I really don't have much of an answer for you other than 
I just know the Jets hit more pressure, the Saints hit more pressure, and that was recognized and acknowledged by Matt Rule and the Panthers' offensive line. Just has to do a better job, and they need to find a better way to get make Sam more successful. Throughout the game, they couldn't run the football, period, on Sunday. And this is an issue that's dated back to last season, just coming out in the second half and playing slow in the third quarter. I really do not know what the issue is. It has to be the offensive coordinator, in my opinion, just not being able to adjust to the adjustments made by that defense following their first offensive drive. Because it's a thing. Like, okay, they're going to make adjustments. You have to be kind of prepared for what they might adjust to. You see the adjustments, then you have to adjust to those adjustments. I don't think Joe Brady's really doing that well enough until maybe the fourth quarter. So far, the season hasn't bit the Panthers in the ass since they haven't played a team good enough to beat them and take advantage of it, even though the Saints, if they have all their full complement of players, I think they potentially could have been. But on week one, the Jets weren't. I don't think this week with the Texans, they'll be capable of doing it either with a rookie quarterback. The Dallas Cowboys, that's a team I think that certainly with Dak Prescott could make the Panthers pay if the Panthers not go out there and play well and start off well in the third quarter and if they struggle to adjust whatever adjustments are made following the halftime break. So again, thanks for the questions there to y'all. Um, everyone else, send in questions at Julian Council. Follow me there. DM me there. Send in your questions. I'll try and answer them on tomorrow's show. We'll also break down more of what we saw on Sunday and look ahead to the Texans game on Thursday evening. Once again, Thursday will be our crossover episode with the host of the Locked On Texans podcast ahead of that evening's game. Make sure to please rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Another big week for Locked On Panthers last week, our biggest week ever. We keep having our biggest weeks ever. I'm seeing the numbers. A ton of y'all are listening, and I thank you guys so much for hanging in here with me. And honestly, if the Panthers keep winning, we're going to see even more people who are going to tune in. So I'm going to continue to try and do my best job to uh, give you guys the Panthers content that you want, even if you don't agree with me all the time. I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast, and I hope that you guys keep coming back here and listening to the show. I really appreciate it, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.